absolute power corrupts absolutely. Welcome once again. It's that time, 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. If you're listening to me, I am JT, a.k.a. The Master, and as always, this is The Master Plan. The number to call in is 347-637-3220. I'll say that again, it's 347-637-3220 is the place to be. If you want to talk to JT, The Master, and you know that would be me. I'm feeling good today. I'm feeling real good today. It's a nice, bright, sunny day. Great day uh, uh, to draft. Got my first draft, it's a, and it's a live draft. I'll be going there in the next couple hours. But before that, I want to sit down with you uh, for the next hour, and we're talking the final part of my analysis of the skill positions for the um, fantasy football. We went through quarterbacks and wide receivers in one one show. Tight ends last week and this week is the running back week. Zero running backs. You hear that from a lot of so-called experts. Zero running backs drafting in the first round. Wait to the second, third, or fourth round to get your first running back. People, if you've listened to me over the years, and I've been doing this for over four years, if not longer, six years, when uh, I've been co-hosting with Mr. FSP, Vic Gardner, I'm a strong proponent, an avid advocate for drafting a quality running back, a stud, so to speak, in the first round. And let me tell you something, people. I've talked about this earlier in the year, and I'm talking about it now again. What goes around comes around. Where people thought that they shouldn't get it running back or the running back position has been devalued. I've never thought that, and it's come to fruition. What goes around comes around. There's a lot of wide receivers out there. And let me tell you, there's a lot of good young backs out there today. I'm going to run down my top 25, and I'm going to give you some sleepers that are outside my 25 that um, wouldn't surprise me if they jump into the 25 or maybe resurgence, maybe had a bad year, got hurt, or whatever, whatever it may be, and will be a, a great asset to your fantasy football team. Now, my philosophy has always been to have a strong running game, just like you see a lot of NFL teams do right now. So why should it be anything different in in fantasy when I know it's a passing league, I know about everybody glorifies the quarterback and the Divas wide receivers and they like the big splash plays. But for the most part, most teams, and then recently, most teams in like the last four years at least have had a strong running game. Strong running game for the most part. Teams that got into the Super Bowl have had strong running games, sound defense, and then passing attack. And what's been happening over really what's been happening, if you've been looking at it, Objectively, look at the teams that got into the Super Bowl last year. Look at the teams. We're talking about the Carolina Panthers, who run the ball like crazy. Talking about the Denver Broncos, who run the ball like crazy. Bruce Arians, one of the best offenses in the league, likes to run the ball, has a premier uh, uh, running back. Pittsburgh Steelers. They have a hell of an aerial attack with Antonio Brown, but they do have a hell of a running back in Le- 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 Le'Veon Brown. 
there's guys out there. There's there's a plethora of of running backs. It's it's a resurgence, in my opinion. Not a tsunami. It's just a resurgence of running backs that are are uh, are on the scene, are going to either have made or have either made a name for themselves, or are going to make a name for themselves, or are in the process of making a name for themselves. Hopefully, I can give you twenty five that I like. And some sleepers that I like that, uh, for whatever reason, barring injury for the top one of the top twenty-five, can slip can slip into to that um, to that group. So without further ado, we got a one hour. I got to be at a draft at one o'clock. I got things to do between eleven o'clock, which was it's the time I want to get off this show. And one o'clock. So without further ado, let's get to the running back position. One that I really like. And I think is deserving of enough time to. And and I'm a shout out to all those new fantasy football players players out there my you I know you've heard and, and I'll say this I know you heard that you should go with wide receiver I firmly believe it's the running back that you you, you start with uh, and then you deal with uh, 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 you want to get at least one stud running back you want to get at least one stud running back now in the past believe it or not I've gone at times first three picks, three running backs, and then go from there with the wide receivers. I've gone with two running backs and then start with my wide receivers. I've gone with one running back, stud, and a wide receiver, stud, um, in the second round. And then whatever, whatever the draft board shows me is what I'll go from next. So, Quarterback, don't think about it. Sixth, seventh, eighth, eighth round and later. There's a lot of quarterbacks out there. If you're in a 12 team, if you're in a, let me put it this way. If you're in a 10 team, 12 team, 14 team, 16 team. Just think about all the quarterbacks that are out there. Just think about all the quarterbacks that are out there. It's nice. It's real nice. To get a Aaron Rodgers or uh, maybe Russell Wilson or Cam Newton. But you're looking for balance. Balance. And I always tell, and, and I've, I've told people that uh, ask for advice from me uh, about fantasy football and, and, and what do you look for. I look for balance. In a team, I'm not. I'm not trying to rely on one position more than the other to get points to win week to week. I want to be able to have an even kill. So if you have a quarterback that has a bad week, and you take Aaron, say, say you take Aaron Rodgers or Cam Newton early, real early, that means you're behind the eight ball in running back or wide receiver when you could have waited and got a good quarterback later and. Loaded up on running backs and wide receivers, and then pick that quarterback up later on. You want balance. You don't want to be able to rely on one specific position over another. So that you, you want to be able to try to first try to get a stud at each each position, especially running back and wide receivers. In fact, there's a lot of tight ends out there that you can get. But we're, we're talking about running backs. That's the philosophy I, I, I have each and every, going into each every draft. And it's uh, worked out for me for the most part. Sometimes it doesn't work out, but the majority of the time it does. All right, let's, let's, let's start this off at number 25. He's got upside. Really, I, I, I've always said in the past, I didn't like this guy, but he's in a good position here where he's at with a good coach that uh, um, 
was under the tutelage of another coach that um, had a dual threat running back and used him uh, and, 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 uh, in Philly and also used him in, in Kansas City. Uh, I'm talking about Doug Peterson, who's the uh, head coach of the Philadelphia Eagles, uh, was, tutel- was uh, um, uh, uh, a coach under Andy Reid, who utilized LaShawn McCoy very effectively when he was in Philly. Moved on to Kansas City, and quite naturally, for those of you who are living in a cocoon, used Jamal Charles, went healthy, very effectively. And I can't see the reason, and I've, I've said in the past, I don't like this guy because he's always getting hurt. Um, and, and, and in some of these cases, I would tell you to handcuff, um, just in case you want to stay in the same philosophy, uh, philosophical offense as in Philadelphia Eagles, that you would uh, handcuff Ryan Matthews. Um, he only carried the ball 107 times for 50, 539 yards um, because DeMarco Murray was in, in front of him. But now um, he's he's the uh, supposed to be the, the guy. He averaged uh, five yards a carry in 2015. And just like I had said, balance. This new coaching staff wants to uh, um, have a balanced offense and feature a better rushing and a mixture of the West Coast offense, which is a short passing game, which is really utilizing the uh, back coming out of the backfield. Just like I said, uh, Andy Reid uh, likes to do that. Um, Doug Peterson, who coached under Andy Reid, is now the head coach of Philly, and he's going to try to do the same with Ryan Matthews. Now, like I said, Ryan Matthews is, is a uh, injury-prone running back. His history has dictated that. And that's why I say that um, he's never been able, he's never been durable enough to go 16 games. So over the, over his six years career, so I would say that you would um, uh, handcuff Ryan Matthews if you want to stay in that offense. If you want to stay in that offense, so he's my number 25 running back. All right, let's move on to the uh, my number 24. This guy, I, I really liked this guy last year, but he had a bad year. Um, he had 223 carries, 794 yards. His big thing was getting into the end zone. So even though he wasn't too effective between the 20s, he was uh, one of the highest – um, running backs, he was one of the running backs with the highest to- touchdown total with 11. But he only had a 3.6 yard per carry average when he posted 5.1 as a rookie. But he had the better schedule and this year. And I would think that he's going to, his arrow is pointing up. Now, Hugh Jackson is gone. I love Hugh Jackson and running backs in that Hugh Jackson system. Love Hugh Jackson. But Ken Zambezi got promoted to the offensive coordinator position. Nothing much should change. So even though it's a dual threat um, committee, uh, I still like Jeremy Hill to be the better of the two. I think he's more of a uh, uh, complete back. He can catch the ball out of the backfield. He's a thumper, obviously. They use him at the goal line. 2015, like I said, he scored 11 touchdowns. Not a lot of yardage for what the amount of carries he had. He had 222 carries in 2014 when he was a rookie. And he had, had over 11 100 yards and nine touchdowns. He had one more carry and 300 less yards, give or take. But and 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 two more touchdowns. So you have to think it's going to be somewhere in the middle. So I'm thinking he's going to get about a uh, same amount of carries, about 220 something carries. Probably get. Around uh, ten, um, shoot me, a thousand yards, 
and close to double-digit touchdowns because you know they're going to use him at the goal line because he's a thumper when it comes to goal line work in between the uh, 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 inside the five-yard line. Not to say that Giovanni Bernard is going to take away touches from him. Quite naturally, he is because um, Giovanni Bernard is a very versatile back. But I like Jeremy Hill as my number 24 back in my rankings here. Moving on to a, a guy here that his offensive line has been beefed up. High expectations for this, this guy and the Raiders. It's going to happen this year. He started off with a bang, talking about Latavius Murray. And then kind of fizzle out near the end. Now, I have to think that Latavius Murray is going to have a better year. Passing game is going to be opened up more. He's going to have more running space. Um, he's got another year under his belt. He's got another year with an offensive line that is going to uh, open holes for him. And that... Uh, He's got DeAndre Washington behind him, breathing on his neck, uh, um, a talented rookie. But Jack Del Rio is is a defensive-minded coach. I know they have Derek Carr. I know they have Amari Cooper, Michael Crabtree, and and Clive Wolford in the passing game. But like I said, Jack Del Rio Rio is a defensive-minded coach. He wants to run the football. Pass the ball, sure, no problem. But every one of these guys I'm I'm talking about, and and we're talking about 25, every one of these teams wants to run the football first. Wants to run the football first. Open up – the wide receivers for big splash plays. They want to run the football. Plain and simple. Running backs are back, baby. In my opinion, never, they never went anywhere. Let's move up to the next guy. He moved on from New York to another team that's looking uh, in the eyes of so-called experts uh, with arrow pointing up. Had a lot of cap, had a lot of cap space in the off season. Picked up a lot of defensive players on uh, uh, on that money. Gus Bradley's their coach. Talk about the Jacksonville Jaguars. They had explosive offense and Blake Bortles as lead, the leader of the pack, tossing the tossing the pill to um, the, the Allen brothers, Robinson and Hearns, and Marquise Lee, and a healthy Julius Thomas now. And the T.J. Yeldon, who was a rookie, who had a up-and-down year. Uh, but and they felt the need to get a hammer. Guy that can't be intimidated. Not that I say T.J. Yeldon can be intimidated, but a guy that's runs angry. And I'm talking about Chris Ivory. Runs angry, can catch the ball out of the backfield, and, and is a definite hammer to what they need. Uh, Chris Ivory signed a, a five-year, $32 million contract. And he's coming off his first 1,000-yard season and scored seven times for the Jets. Now he's getting paid $7 million a year to be the number one rusher for the Jacksonville Jaguars. They got another back that's going to relieve him at times. But best belief. Jacksonville Jaguars are going to run, want to run the football. And the person that they want to run the football is Chris Ivory. And he is my number 22 back. With the possibility of moving up in, in, in the standings, um, depending on how he's using. And quite naturally, all these guys, whether they're sleepers or not, have to be healthy. And you're always going to have some 
guys bang up. So you got to have good running back depth in your uh, fantasy team. These guys, because they, they each each time they handle the ball, excuse me, handle the ball, either it's uh, through getting the ball handed off to them or catching the ball out of the backfield. Their next action is a collision. Some type, some form or fashion, whether it's with a safety or a linebacker, it's a collision. So the reason I'm saying that is they're going to have a, uh, they're susceptible to getting injured, nicked up. Got to have a backup plan. Always got to think ahead. Always got to think that, you know, you got somebody sitting on the bench that can take up the slack. Hopefully they don't get injured for the whole year. And they're they're just nicked up and they may have to take a week off or two. Either you have their handcuff, if they're that big time type of back, or you have a suitable replacement. Let's move on to the number 21 guy. I I talked about his teammate in the same system. This guy is really expected in in, in PPR. Um, Change of pace guy, really quick. Made a splash when he first came in the league uh, until uh, Jeremy Hill came into the league. And then uh, he had to take a back seat because Jeremy Hill was more of a versatile back, meaning he, he, he's more of a, he was a bigger back. Bigger backs are less uh, likely to get hurt. Not to say they can't get hurt, but they're less likely to get hurt because they take more of a pounding versus a, a back like Giovanni Bernard. But he's a very, very explosive back. Can take it to the house as uh, a uh, that type of back. Twelve hundred total yards and fifty receptions through his uh, uh, three years he's been in the league. That's about his average. So you have to think that that's what you can expect uh, Giovanni Bernard to um, give you, if not more. I mean, it's Ken Van Pizzi. You know, I mean, he's probably he's going to use the same philosophy as Hugh Jackson, but he's a different offensive coordinator, so he's got his way, only way, own particular ways of doing things. But in order to make a smooth transition and to have the quarterback – and the pieces that are still there from the uh, uh, and, and new pieces that have joined the uh, Cincinnati Bengals, Giovanni Bernard, Jeremy Hill, and the uh, uh, Andy Dalton and T- AJ Green and um, Tyler Boyd uh, and Tyler Eifert, who probably won't start the season, um, probably uh, on a pup list or uh, whatever. Going to keep the same philosophy. And Giovanni, excuse me, Giovanni Bernard is going to benefit from that. All right, let's move up to this guy. And for those who listen, I'm really high on this guy today. I, I'm really high on this guy. He showed flashes last year. Was a is a popular sleeper this summer. And he averaged 4.7 yards per carry once Jim Bob Cooter took over in the second half of the season. But he only averaged 10 carries per game, scored just once, and had a little role as a receiver even after the change. But things are looking like he's going to be the primary back in the uh, Lions attack. I'm talking about Amir Abdullah. 20 now, and I mean, he's ranked 20. Not he's 20 years old. He's 20, ranked 20 now. And I think that 
even though the theoretic and the Lions rank number one, I shouldn't say theoretic. I'm talking about the Lions rank number one in running back receptions. And son, some of those would, quite naturally, a lot of those would end up probably in theoretic's hands. I imagine that uh, Abdullah, being the number one back, he'll have a, a bigger role in the passing game. He's ex- extremely explosive back. The Lions have a decent rushing schedule this year, better than last year, um, and quite naturally, I think he's got a ton of upside and and, and, and should be a lock to improve from his rookie, lead, rookie year last year. Abdullah faces bottom 20 defensive venues in each of his final four games of the fantasy season. So if you can get to the playoffs and, 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 and a healthy Abdullah, final four games of fantasy season, New Orleans, Chicago, New York Giants, Dallas Cowboys. Amir Dula, in my opinion, is going to have a, a very good year. Somebody you can pick up late in, I'm saying in the, we'll say a 12-team league. I'm saying in the eighth or ninth round, somewhere around there. No later than that. He may even go earlier than that, but I'm thinking eighth or ninth round. That's where I'm thinking. Because a lot of people are going to be high on Abdullah. Now, this guy I got, I got him at 19. He can easily go up, but it's all according to how the quarterback plays. <clears throat> he re-signed with the Broncos for $18 million over four years. Uh, the the uh, Miami Dolphins tried to sign this guy, and uh, the Finns wouldn't have it, and he matched it. Now, C.J. Anderson is the main back uh, in Denver. You got Devontae Booker sitting there. You got Ronnie Hillman, who's a pain, who's, who's uh, um, a, a, a itch that is hard to scratch. And, but C.J. Anderson ran very well toward the end of the season. Now, he only had 152 carries for 720 yards and five um, touchdowns. But I consider him an every down back, and I think he's going to uh, have a stronger end up end up on a stronger note than he did last year. But like I said, it all depends on the quarterback play. Now Gary Kubiak likes to run the football. Just remember what he did in um, in, in uh, Houston. What he did, what he did in uh, Denver. He likes to run the football and play action pass, but he likes to run the football. And C.J. Anderson is my number 20, excuse me, number 19 back. And I think he's going to uh, play well. And strong indication or strong feeling that he could move up within the top 15. Top 10. It's a strong, strong possibility. But as we move up, it gets tougher, and these guys, are, they, they play to their ability, and where I have them ranked, it's going to be hard for uh, some of these bottom guys that I've, I've talked about already to move up. Speaking about moving up, this guy's got a lot of upside because uh, the rookie, the highly touted rookie, was a bust in his first year. I'm not giving him a total bust because I think, uh, and we'll talk about it, that he's going to play better uh, and, and know what it takes to be a running back in the National Football League and play better. He's got a Hall of Fame running back that was a former um, uh, running back, uh, uh, to be, I should say, not a Hall of Famer, but – there's no doubt that uh, Ladinian Thompson will be a running back. But, but I digress. I mean, a Hall of Fame running back. I'm sorry. I digress. I'm talking about, and this is PPR, okay? 
And, and because he catches the ball and because of what the uh, um, San Diego Chargers like to do, Danny Woodhead at number 18 was a PPR machine last year. He had a career best, 80, 80 receptions with, uh, with over 750 yards, six touch, touchdowns. The problem with those six touchdowns, they came, uh, three scores all came in week 15. Three of those scores came in all week 15. Ken Wisenhunt is back um, with the um, San Diego Chargers. And when he was there, Woodhead turned in his second best season with 76 receptions, 605 yards, and three touchdowns. And as a, re- as a receiver, and 106 uh, carries, 421 yards, 429 yards, and two carries as a rusher. In a PPR, Danny Woodhead is a, a, is a, is a solid flex position. Solid flex position because you know uh, in this passing offense, and this is one of, the, one of the offenses that is a pass-happy offense, even though they do run the football. It's a pass-happy happy offense with uh, Phillip Rivers. That Danny Woodhead is going to get his touches. That's why I have him at number 18. With some upside. Now this guy at number 17. Led the NFL in 2014 in rushing. And as high he, as he was in 2014, that's almost as low as he was when he was in Philadelphia. Now he had a 450 yard, excuse me, 450 touches when he was with Dallas. And history says that once a back gets that many, the next the following year, they uh, regress dramatically and quite naturally, with the combination of how Demarco Murray was used and that Eagle offense, uh, he was a huge disappointment. Murray had just that one year when he wasn't injured and now goes to an interior offensive line on a team that ranked 27th with just 320 total yards by running backs last year. Um, to be optimistic, uh, I think he may return to, to, from, to form uh, when they uh, drafted DeMar- excuse me, Derek, Derek Henry. I can see him getting the majority of carries and that Derrick Henry is not going to, I would, I would say probably change of pace. I know they beefed up the offensive line. I can't believe that DeMarco Murray is not going to make a resurgence, especially when they want to pound the football unmercifully whether it's with Derrick Henry or the lead back to Marco Murray, they want to pound the football. They're paying DeMarco Murray some nice cash. They want to get their money's worth. DeMarco Murray is my number 17 back. Now, there's been some speculation up and down, back and forth, because the lead back went to New York, and, and this guy showed flashes when, when Matt Forte was hurt in Chicago. And uh, Langford moved out of Matt Forte's shadow. But that doesn't mean he gets a heavy workload, because this is John Fox. John Fox has already said the hot hand gets the ball. You got Kadeem Carey. And you got the rookie Jordan Howard, who may be involved in that hot hand. But I got to believe that what they saw last year in Jeremy Langford, that he's going to assume the role that Matt Forte had and produce about 1,200 yards, total yards, and about seven touchdowns. Now, there's always a risk, okay, that – he'll share with the aforementioned running backs. But I got to believe from what I saw 
uh, in the past game that Chicago had, that Jeremy Langford is going to be the man and uh, give you solid numbers, whether it's from PPR or standard. Solid back. That's why I have him at number 16. All right. The next two backs, one coming off injury, one coming off of uh, uh, a disappointing season, and this one I'm going to talk about now, um, or within my top 15, and this one's in my top 15, had an extremely bad year, overweight, and it was just not, not – and he was overweight. Overweight, and he had 946 t- yards and five touchdowns after a 2014 season where he had um, 15, over 1,500 yards and 13 touchdowns. Now, he's lost weight. I'm talking about Eddie Lacy. You know what I'm talking about. Talking about Eddie Lacy. And he's in a contract year, and he's rededicated himself to that, (laughs) to to try to to make a name for himself again. Because quite naturally, he's in a contract year. Lost weight at a disappointing season. Coach down on him big time. Uh, In a contract year, for one. Lost weight for another, had the chip on his shoulder, has something to prove for the simple fact is his whole year was a disappointment. They wanted to run the football. I, I know they like they have weapons, but they wanted to run the football. They want to pound it when they can, especially if they get up. They want to be able to pound the football. Eddie Lacy. He, I'm, I have him at my number 15. I think he's going to make a resurgence. You can pick Eddie Lacy up third, fourth round. When at one point last year, no, I was at one point last year, he was the top five pick. That's a fact. He was the top five pick in a lot of rankings. And it, that's what disappointed a lot of people and turned a lot of people sour on Eddie Lacy. Third round, fourth round, he, maybe, maybe. Yeah, probably a second round, somewhere around there, but but definitely, definitely second round, and and you'll get a steal if he if you're able to pick him up in the third or fourth round in a fourteen team league, twelve team league. Um, it, it's a possibility he may go in the third or fourth round. Fourteen team league, I uh, he's probably second second or third round. That's what I'm thinking. 10-team league, he's, he's further down the line. He's probably 4-5. Uh, 4-5. Four, 4-5 five. Four, five. Four, five round. Yes, sir. All right, let's go to this next guy. He's coming off an injury. He's got a lot of upside. He's in an offense that likes to run the ball, even though Russell Wilson had a hell of a year last year in passing the football. I guess in part because uh, uh, the running game was inconsistent and they had to make up for it. And Russell Wilson progression as a quarterback. Well, Thomas Rawls is coming off an ankle injury, surgery, whatever. And uh, he's back in, in, in the uh, mix. Uh, but Christian Michael's back in the mix, too. But Thomas Rawls is supposed to be the number one running back here. When he was out there last year, he, he ball, was balling out. He ran for 209 yards and two scores plus 46 yards the next week when Marshawn Lynch went out. And after that, or completely after that, he wound up with four four 100-yard games and looked to be the heir apparent to Marshawn Lynch. But he badly fractured his ankle in week 14, which is late in the season. And uh, he, in my opinion, was slow to heal and just came back to practice. Seahawks are always top 10 in running back carries. And with the success of the passing game in 2015, it's not going to affect what Thomas Rawls, if if he's healthy, can do. 5.4 yard per carry the carry average. 
All he needs to do is prove that he's healthy. And he'll be he'll be a high draft pick. First round, no. Second round, third round, somewhere around there. If he's healthy, if he's healthy, Seattle likes to run the football, regardless of how well Russell Wilson. Seattle, bases. Play strong defense, run the football. Top 10 in running back carries. Remember that. All right, let's go to another team with a defensive-minded coach. He's new to this team. He's an older back, 30, 31, 30, 31, I think he is, maybe 32, soon to be 32. Had his worst year with only 218 carries, 898 yards, and four touchdowns. 44 receptions, 389 yards, so and three touchdowns. So he, he had seven touchdowns altogether. Now, Jeremy Langford took over when he missed, missed three games with a sprained MCL. And he's 31 years old, and quite naturally, his durability – can be a concern, in my opinion. I know the Jets said they consider him a three-down back, and um, but they're going to utilize in that Shane Gailey offense. Their running back when Chris Ivy was the back in Shane Gailey's offense. He ran the ball 247 times and caught 30 passes. So if, if he's the number one back, he's going to get a lot of, a, a lot of uh, touches. Just ranked ninth in the NFL last year with 94 running back receptions. So if you thought Forte would, would drop off in, in receptions, I think – you're you're going to be sadly mistaken, and I think Matt Forte is going to be a uh, viable option in drafting drafting him. Now, in a offense that is a primarily running offense, they won the Super Bowl. Matt Forte is number thirteen. This, this next guy I'm talking about is number twelve. And he's a running back for a prolific passing offense. And when they run, won the Super Bowl, they ran the ball very well. Played, had, had a very good defense and ran the ball. Most of these teams, in fact, I'm looking at all these teams, want to run the football. Their primary concern, first and foremost, is to run the football. From 12, where I'm talking about Mark Ingram, all the way up to one. Teams want to run the football. You get any one of these guys, you'll be happy. You get two of them, which if you get two of them, you'll be ecstatic coming out of your draft. Most likely, these top 12 running backs uh, will be gone by the time it comes back to you. And you have to make a choice to a um, – unless you're back-to-back and you pick up one of these, um, it's going to be hard for you to pick up one of these top two, – two, two of these top 12 running backs. i tell you that right now. But it's – you never know because each draft is different. Each draft is unique in itself. So I'm thinking about Mark Ingram, okay, at number 12. And uh, even though he finished on the uh, um, IR last year, and even though he hasn't lasted 12 games in the last three seasons, he did have a decent season last year. And he had to face, but I like it, Mark Ingram, because they're going to give him the football. They want to establish a run. He already, Sean, Sean Payton already said that. 
They want to be able to establish a run and run the football more effectively. I know he carries a little bit more risk, and I know that he hasn't been healthy for the whole season, but I do have Mark Ingram in my, in my, at, at number 12. And uh, this is number 12 with uh, a, a lot of risk here. Number 12, though. Speaking of risk, excuse me, speaking of risk, uh, Jamal Charles only lasted five games last year. Uh, quite naturally, you know he tore his ACL. He, he, uh, the last time that happened, it was in 2011. And he, he turned it, and the next year, which was 2012, he uh, posted 1,700, over 1,700 total yards. But he's 30 years old now, not 25. He, he's not seeing too much training camp right now. And he'll be a high reward, high risk pick this year, but does not have, but does have a nice stretch during the fantasy playoffs with all home games against Oakland, Tennessee, and Denver. He still averages five yards a carry in in every year he has played. Now, you do have Chikandrick West and Spencer Ware last year um, that could say that uh, uh, Jamal Charles may see a lighter load. But I'd have to believe that. If I have a chance to take Jamal Charles, I'm going to take that risk because the risk – outweighs the uh, um, the reward, outweighs the risk, okay? There's a, there's a lot of running backs out there, so why not take a home run hitter like Jamal Charles? If he doesn't pan out, at least you, you have a decent backups in, in the back, back side of the, uh, of the rankings here, past 20, below 25, that can pick up the slack for your number two running back. He's not a number one running back anymore. He is not a number one running back. I would not take him in the first round. Second round, I think about it. Third round, I I jump all over it. But this next guy, let me tell you something. This next guy moved to the Buffalo Bills at number 10 with a disappointment. Only had 895 rushing yards and 292 yards um, from 32 catches with a total of uh, uh, five touchdowns. Four games in all. Dealt with a hamstring, which is his MOs at times when he has problems, he had problems with his his hamstring. Either his hamstring or his ankle, one or the other. I think that Jamal Charles, as much as the Buffalo Bills uh, run the football, With Reggie Bush as his backup because Carlos Williams got released. Tyrod Taylor, another running back, running threat. Just look at the quarterbacks and look at the offense of a team that has a very mobile quarterback that is, can run the football also. The running backs, if they're decent running backs, tend to have a very good year. And I got to believe it, the rushing, with the rushing schedule much softer this year, um, as long as he remains healthy, that I got to believe that LaShawn McCoy is going to maintain that top 10 uh, ranking. Now we go to number nine. With nine, nine and a half minutes left. The plus side for Hyde, Carlos Hyde at number nine is that Chip Kelly brings in a scheme that produces top five stats of running back carries, yards, and touchdowns. Now, as bad as Chip Kelly was, the Eagles even ranked number three running back catches in 2015. So, Carlos Hyde, as long as you don't have hands of stone, you're going to be getting the football whether they hand it off to you or pass it to you um, out of the backfield. Sean Drone is behind him. um, And I got to believe that as long as uh, uh, Carlos Hyde's surgically surgically repaired foot is 
um, healthy, that he is in for a, I'm going to say, career year. I do believe he's in for a career. All right, let's move on to number eight with eight and a half minutes left. See if I can do this on time. This guy was the number one fantasy back last year. Huge surprise. He was unremarkable. 473 total yards, two touchdowns. And 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 uh, um, in his first year, and then when they drafted Tevin Coleman as a new starter, um, but Tevin Coleman got hurt, and Devonte Freeman took off. Same day, same game that not the same game, game that uh, uh, week three against Dallas, three touchdowns, 141 yards rushing. Five passes for 52 yards. Now, he he had he totaled 1,635 yards and 14 touchdowns, but never rushed for more than 76 yards. And over the final seven weeks, uh, scored just four touchdowns over his final nine games. Now, another defensive-minded coach. Got it. Julio Jones on there. Matt Ryan, they like to throw the football, but Dan Quinn, Defense, a defensive-minded coach, wants to run the football. I think it used Freeman and Coleman in combination. And I don't think uh, Freeman's going to match the numbers. That's why I got him down to number eight. Because uh, I think he, he's going to be an effective back, but not the same type of numbers that um, he had last year. Nowhere in no way. As long as uh, Tim Coleman's healthy, they're going to use somewhat of a committee. Maybe not completely, but somewhat of a committee. All right, this guy moved on from Miami, and I'm absolutely high on this guy. I'm an avid Texan fan. I can't believe they didn't, they let this guy go. Never thought they used this guy effectively. I've been high on this guy uh, for a few years. and But it d- didn't seem like they um, wanted to use him. Miami was ranked 32 in carries last year. Now, he, he was with him for four seasons. And like I said, they ranked 30, number 32 in carries. They didn't want to give this guy the ball. Now he goes to my team, the Houston Texans, that ranked number one in carries. Lamar Miller never, never wanted him to uh, – Miami never wanted him to carry more than 200 per season. Now he did have 47 catches. For 397 yards and two of his total 10, 10 touchdowns. They had 10 touchdowns. Now, it, you, quite naturally, you know, the Houston Texans want to do the same thing. Remember Arian Foster? He, well, he's in Miami. We'll talk about that. Well, why not Lamar Miller? Injected to, to that Bill O'Brien offense with uh, Brock Osweiler trying to stretch the field with the receiving core that they have now. The rushing schedule is is not that bad. And I'm thinking Lamar Miller could easily slip into the top five. Could be top three because the Houston Texans run the football a lot and want to run it. It's not like they they it's an afterthought. They're one of the, one of the most running footballs in the league. And that's coming from an offensive minded coach in Bill O'Brien. Who, who who butters his bread on the offensive side, not the defensive side. Strong defense, top five defense, with a strong running game. Lamar Miller, I think, is in for a breakout year. This next guy, number six, signed a new contract. Um, had a in the contract year. Now maybe you think he's going to regress. I don't think so because I think the schedule. It's about the same as it was last year. And I think he, he's going to benefit from that. And he had 1,400 yards and six touchdowns um, rushing. And he had uh, 33 uh, receptions with 271 yards and, and, and one other touchdown. Dirk Cutter is the offensive coordinator. He's going, to give him, he's going to give him opportunities to touch the football. I know Charles Sims is there, but Doug Martin – 
I think is going to be a top five back. He's good for around 18 plus touches each week and about five yards, 4.9 yards per carry. That was his last year's stats. And I think if the schedule is the same, going against the same type of defenses as last year, that he'd be able to do to, um, to match that, which is great. That's great for you. Now, this other guy's coming off a pretty bad injury, and he's going to be suspended for three games. He's got his, he's got his uh, suspension reduced by one game. We're talking about Le'Veon Bell. Uh, yeah, he's number, my number five, okay? Um, when he's healthy, he's near, he's, he's near a lock for 100-plus total yards. Four or five catches with uh, um, quite naturally a strong possibility of having a monster game because of the offense that they're in. They want to get the ball to Le'Veon Bell. Quite naturally, they have Antonio Brown, and there's some other guys out there uh, receiving, and I'm not just dispelling them. I'm just saying. Le'Veon Bell, um, you won't be able to use him for the first three games, so it's good to handcuff uh, with him, D'Angelo Williams, so you can get him later. But Le'Veon Bell's my number five. Uh, This comes with another... Now, this is the guy, one of the most interesting guys of the top four. Big offensive line. If um, Jeremy Fadden can uh, um, go over 1,000 yards uh, in this offense with no Tony Romo and um, Brandon Whedon and company, then I got to believe that Ezekiel Elliott can do the same. So this is what I'm saying. Uh, If you could pick this guy up, if you have a chance to be one of the first five um, in your um, draft, Ezekiel is a good, good pickup. Now the hamstring that he hasn't played yet is a a concern, but as long as he's healthy, I can tell you right now, they're going to want to run the football. Got Tony Romo. They want to keep Romo upright and healthy. They're going to run, want to run the football. No, no two ways about it. They're going to want to run the football. And if they got a healthy Des Bryant, Tony Romo, and Ezekiel Elliott running the football, they're going to do that. Look what Darren, Darren McFadden, I mean, not Darren, look what DeMarco Murray did. And Ezekiel Elliott, in my opinion, has more ability than DeMarco, DeMarco Murray, without a doubt. Going to go into overtime a little bit. Three more running backs. And some sleepers to talk about, hang with me. And we're in overtime. All right. Number three back. I got, and you got to understand this. These three guys, they can go anywhere you like. This is where I have them. I got all day. Adrian Peterson, number um, three. Going to his 31-year-old season, um, he had over 1,400 yards, almost 1,500 yards, 11 touchdowns. He was an NFL's leading rusher, average four and a half yards to carry, um, touchdowns in every season of his career, other than when he was suspended for 2014, and that, I can't count that. North Turner likes to run the football. And the intent, and, and, and Adrian Peterson has expressed this, to get me more involved, I want to touch the ball in the passing game. Not a big pass catcher, but if he gets involved in more, that's just going to give big, more big-time numbers. But big-time numbers are what these other two guys are going to give you. Uh, this guy burst onto the scene, um, and the uh, Arizona Cardinals that absolutely love him, along with Bruce Aaron. They absolutely love this guy. Big back, ton of speed, ton of ability, can catch the ball out of the backfield, can run like a monster, run like the wind. And for those who picked them up, or whatever way they picked them up uh, in the fantasy season, you benefited greatly because the fact is that 
Dave, uh, uh, David Johnson was a big-time player for you. And barring health, and this is always barring health with these guys, he's going to be a top five back. I got him at two, but I'm telling you he's going to be a top five back. And last but not least, I had this guy, I picked him up on a trade last guy. I tried, really tried to get this guy in the draft, but because where I was in the uh, uh, draft order in the first round, or not even the first round, but in, 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 um, um, in the draft, I, I wasn't able to pick this guy up, but I was able to pick him up later on in the season. He didn't disappoint. Now, you got to believe that he's going to get more involved. He missed four games last year. Four games and ran up over uh, uh, 1,100 yards. Had five games of 100 yards. So he missed four games. That leads into week five. Then you have you had a bye, wherever that was. They're, they're dealing with a rookie quarterback and some um, low-tier quarterbacks. They're going, they're defensive-minded coach, keep on saying this, that wants to run the football and take shots, passing shots, when necessary, but wants to run the football. Todd Gurley, my number one pick. Todd Gurley, my number one pick. All right, let's go to some sleepers. Um, if these guys are healthy, these guys are healthy. Um, I would say and this is not necessarily in any particular order. But I'm looking at these guys because of the um, either they're disappointed or the offense that they're in that they're going to benefit from it. I'm really liking, really liking Melvin Gordon. Yeah, I know. Oh, Melvin Gordon, he stunk. He didn't even score one touchdown last year. Not one. Well, sometimes it takes these guys a rookie. that doesn't quite get his feet, so to speak, until his second year. Doesn't try, quite get it until his second year. I had said to you before that he was under the tutelage, under the um, getting advice from a future Hall of Famer in, in Ladanian Thomason. Melvin Gordon is a big-time sleeper. If you can pick him up in the late round, he may be there. Eight, nine. 10, 11, you can pick him up in the late rounds. You you may have a David Johnson in your hands. You never know. They like to throw the football in San Diego. Opens up the the running game. I like Melvin Gordon. They they thought highly of him. They drafted him in the first round last last year. I don't think he's a total bust. I think he's going to um, prove some people wrong this year. Another guy, I, I said, look at the offense. Look at the uh, offensive coordinator, philosophy. Duke Johnson in Cleveland. Yeah, I know. Cleveland, oh, no. Come on, man. Hugh Jackson likes to run the football, take shots down the field. But he really likes to run the football. Duke Johnson reminds me, it's not exactly, of David Johnson. Um, Big back, um, got speed. And uh, um, it, it, it uh, fits very well the Hugh Jackson offense. Now, there is Isaiah Crowell, so Hugh Jackson may use a combination like he did in Cincinnati of Duke Johnson and Isaiah Crowell. But I really like Duke Johnson ahead of Isaiah Crowell. Really like that a lot. Another guy is Derrick Henry. You got DeMarco Murray there, Okay. Not the most injury-prone, uh, not the most durable guy in the world. And you got to think that DeMarco Murray needs a handcuff. And, and who better to handcuff him than, than uh, Derrick Henry? So I take a flyer, and you may hit pay dirt with, with Derrick Henry on that. Another guy, and, and this is not necessarily in any, in any order, but these guys that I'm looking at, that are, and I could be leaving people out, but I'm just, this is just my opinion, and I'm just giving you a handful of guys. How about this guy? Old guy, 
moved. In fact, the, the two running backs swat, uh, uh, flipped, switched teams. Arian Foster went to Miami, and Lamar Miller went to Houston, Texas. Well, I don't think they know what they're exactly doing. Adam Gase, I think they're even Arian Foster slowly into the offense. They loved him when he worked out. They raved about him. And uh, J.J. has knee issues that, for whatever, and, and may not be that most more uh, as, as durable back as possible as, as they want. Here, here comes Arian Foster. Now, Arian Foster is a uh, uh, an older back. They may they may move. Um, they may use him as a running back by committee, but I like Arian Foster with the veteran presence than uh, over J.J. And one more guy that is drawing rage to, uh, and um, seems like he may have um, finally uh, matured enough that uh, the his teammates and his coaching staff have taken notice. Sitting behind Thomas Rawls, and it may be a running back by committee, but I think Thomas Rawls is, is the man. But if Thomas Rawls doesn't pan out, Christian Michaels is breathing heavily down his back. So those are a few of uh, my sleepers that will uh, um, follow this this uh, upcoming fantasy football season. Um, tune in next week, 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. We'll be talking about fantasy football. It'll be the third week in the um, preseason. Most starters are going to get the extended amount of time to play. No, signif- no significant injuries have been um, have come up uh, up to date. And uh, we'll see uh, what happens in the next week. I've got my first draft in about uh, uh, an hour and a half. Um, enjoy the rest of the week. Uh, 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time is when I'll be back here again talking to JT. And uh, have a good week. <laughs>